1: All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your friend and family, East Coast Trev, and?
2: This is Steve. Oh, it's just Steve? Just now Steve. Yeah, oh. just, just Steve. We, we can't say Outdoor Drive Steve? I mean, you can say Outdoor Drive Steve if you want, but- ODD Steve? I, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just Steve. I'm not a Steve Moeller. I'm not a, you know, Steve whoever. I'm just Steve.
1: Oh, <laughs> Man. I kind of, it's upsetting.
2: Well, let's, let's face it. I will never have the personality of Stevie Emo. So no, I, I, it's just one of those things.
1: You're I a way better, you're a way better hunter, way better hunter.
2: <laughs> I, I'm not going to agree, but I won't disagree. Okay. <laughs> just, that, just, just cause I have high hopes for Steve this year. High hopes for Steve. Yeah. High hopes for okay. Steve. Right. Steve, Stevie Moe's getting the one hundred and fifty this year. It's going to happen.
1: All right, we're having a make a wish for Stevie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Austin Chandler's going to go he... tie one to the tree for him.
1: That's it. he's going to wish he shot a one hundred and fifty. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> oh man, what's up, Steve?
2: Chilling, man. Chilling. Yeah, it's I hear to that, Keep dude. up with the world
1: uh don't don't bother don't fucking bother
2: yeah you're right i'm lying <laughs> i don't give a yeah. shit about it it's burning let um, it burn
1: <laughs> yeah i just kind of went on and i uh, just started doing everything i need to do and then we worry about that other stuff later
2: yep got a house over my head got food on the table things are going well and seasons are coming up so i know man i talk about seasons real quick um Things
1: have been just out of control. I mean, the the trail cam pictures that I'm getting back are just fucking phenomenal. Um The it's it the fishing is incredible. Um, I I mean I just oh we got to go
2: into that a little bit in a bit. Why? Because you guys already knows you you and Ghost you you gotta you gotta at least tell that story. We caught a fish. And you got a fucking giant. <laughs> <laughs> that we did. That we did. So
1: we got a. We, we ended up catching an 85 incher, which is my biggest tuna to date, ghost's biggest tuna to date. So it's not Captain Mike's This is a different Captain Mike. Uh it's, this is this is tuna captain Mike. Um he his biggest is one oh six.
2: Jesus. Yeah,
1: fucking nuts, right? He's, Holy crap. And it's funny is, you know, I got to talking with Mike, you know, when we were waiting for the buyer to come and pick up the tuna. And, you know, it's incredible where he started and and, and what he's become in the time that he's done it. So he started commercial fishing in 2008. And, you know, he just one day he, you know, this is kind of his story, but uh, I'll kind of tell it kind of don't take it word for word. But so he was out in the in the bay of Cape Cod and saw giant Bluefin tuna jumping. He was like, "I want to catch one of those." So that's what he tried doing. And uh, first, he started off with a Pen three hundred and twenty, uh, a GT Pen three hundred and twenty I, which is just tiny little. We use them for striped bass and shit. And that's that's where he started to now being, you know, a very well known tuna captain up north. Um, and, and catching giant fucking bluefin tuna, very phenomenal captain knows his shit does very well. And, um, we've, we've had the chance to fish with him. Now I killed both of my tunas with him and, uh, what ghost was with us this time, but it, it was awesome. So we, we ended up, we headed out. We, when we go tuna fishing, we leave here at midnight. Uh, it's about a three hour ride up North. Uh, we launched the boat and then we start headed out to the spot. So where we go is about 50 miles off the Cape. Um, to a spot up there that's uh got fish in it so that's that's where we go <laughs> well said but but no how it works is we we start by we start catching bait right off the bat so we got to find the mackerel or herring or whatever we can for bait uh normally you know it's it's a, it holds at different depths and then we head out to the spot so we had gotten out to the spot we for about an hour we had two rods on balloons kind of floating and then one kind of down a little bit deeper, probably like 50 to 75 feet down. Well, our good friend, uh, well, my good friend, Danny, Danny, the duck man from, um, ducks on the Bay. Uh, he had caught two, two big fish, uh, on Thursday and Sunday. And he was telling me, he said, go all the way to the bottom and, uh, and, and, and keep it down to the bottom. There's a lot of big fish down there. And we're like, all right, cool. Sounds good. So, um, I had told the guys and I'm like, hey, man, one of my buddies, he told me, dude, do this and this and that's how you're going to catch the fish. And they kind of looked at me like, yeah, if you want a shark, I'm like, all right, whatever. You guys do what you're going to do. So uh, a little bit of time goes by and the guys get on the radio all the way to the bottom, all the way to the bottom, got a fish, all the way to the bottom, got a fish. So I look at the guys and go, we're going to go all the way to the bottom? Yeah, we're going to go all the way to the bottom. So we send the bait all the way to the bottom. We mark a fish on the bottom. Not even two minutes later, fish on so it was fucking badass mike got on the rod at first was fighting it i got my glove on and then i started fighting the fish and uh i fighted the fish for quite some time and then ghost got on the rod for a while and then we kind of went back and forth back and forth um and i got the best run of them all though uh we got a video coming out on that very soon here but it was fucking intense so this thing ends up getting to the side of the boat and ghost was on the rod and they handed me the harpoon now i've never i've never harpooned a a, a bluefin so i was a little fucking nervous now and mind you it's a money fish so we're up there commercial bluefin tuna fishing so everything's for money so it, the 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 it's a little high. The, the, a little bit of pressure. Oh, just a fucking little bit. So this big fish, dude, does everything that he's supposed to do, man. Took perfect runs. Hit pinwheeled. You can see deep, deep color. Finally, we get him up. He's pinwheeling, and he just turns himself completely broadside. He And he's right there, dude, just looking for the shot. And they're like, hit him. So I hit him with the fucking harpoon, and it was a perfect, perfect shot. Um, we were able to tail, tail rope him and everything. Got him to the boat, and then... Uh, for you guys that don't know, you have to swim them for like an hour, hour and a half because bluefin tuna are a um, they are warm blooded. So they actually when you see like on am wicked tuna and stuff where they say, you know, that that uh, you, you burnt the core or whatever the case may be. That's because they work themselves up and they get too hot and then you kill them. So you have to actually swim them. And uh our good friends at LT Marine, um, Chris over there, he he makes a swim hook. And what that is is it goes through the bottom jaw and it holds the fish out and he just swims and he comes back to life and then his body temperature comes down, then you pull him in, you bleed him out and kill him, and then bring him inside the boat. So that's that's how you don't you don't burn the fish. So it was it was badass. And then we came in and uh the the truck showed up from uh North Atlantic, which is the same dude from uh from Wicked Tuna. So we got to meet him and hang out with him, and then he ended up buying the fish. And uh it had dressed out Oh fuck. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um so it was eighty-five inches and he dressed out at give me two seconds here. I'm just trying to figure out this weight. Oh, right here. Uh he dressed out at I know. I'm sorry. Um, 226 pounds. That's without head and tail, no guts. Uh, so it was 226 pounds. Gee, he dressed out it. So, oh, pretty is that cool. all? <laughs> yeah. So I would put him. He's gonna be over 300, almost 4.
2: Said and done. <laughs> Good night, man. Yeah. You you it caught a fish bay. that weighed more than the bear that I shot. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's over fucking seven feet tall, too.
2: <laughs> 85 inches.
1: It was incredible, dude, and especially spending with Ghost Man. You know, it was it was cool, and that was his biggest fish, and we were pumped. The camaraderie was great. I mean, we ended up going off uh haddock and, uh, and uh, cod fishing for a while. Then we came home, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't get home until, fuck, I didn't get home until, like, 1130 the next night. So I had been up 24 hours and fighting a fish. And I'll tell you, it's everything. Everything that you got in it, you got to give it to it. Uh, one crank in is a mile taken off on the line. So Jeez. it's it's something else. It was cool. It was cool. It, it was. T- twenty twenty has been probably
2: one of the best years of my life. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah, weird you guys have to say been that, sticking but. it. Yeah, of of all the things in the world. Nobody is saying twenty twenty is the best year of their life. <laughs> and here you it are. Is, man. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I mean the big threshers,
1: the tuna, and a lot of guys are like, Oh, you're killing it this year. And it's like, Yeah, I, I, I would kill it normal years, but I'm at fucking work. It sucks being stuck on a boat. And I with, with just having the leniency that I have working with Captain Seth this year is just is really just been able to put me put me out and fish as much as I can. So it's been awesome. it's been a
2: blessing. Dude, so. stoked for you! Oh yeah, man. You Thank sent you. that over. I was like, "That is, dude, that's the equivalent of shooting a hundred and eighty-inch buck all day it long,
1: for sure." It, just I think just it's, to put it
2: into perspective, that is the equivalent of fishing a hundred and eighty-inch buck out of the woods in uh, Connecticut or Virginia.
1: Yeah. I'd say like two hundred inch but yeah.
2: Well, yeah, comparatively, I guess yeah. you'd be
1: closer there stupid it's just crazy man but anyways but so you're planning on coming up this weekend and hopefully we can get on some big bass and yeah man we're gonna be fishing. on the road
2: early friday and uh heading up that way and we're gonna see uh what this thing's all about get the wife out of the house i know she's going stir crazy and i am and
1: so we've actually um i didn't even tell you this i might as well just tell you on the podcast is uh Woo-hoo! me and me and Ghost have planned to uh, take you and Kim out to Block Island on Friday, so you guys are going to the mecca of all meccas for giant, giant striped bass, like fifty I'm pounders in. galore. So I'm,
2: I'm all about it.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna get out there. We'll we'll black sea bass fish for a couple hours, and then we'll get into the uh, into the striped bass. So we'll have yeah. a
2: good trip. We looking we just frankly we're just looking forward to catching up getting to hang out and bullshit again and uh ultimately see what it is that you guys do and what you guys talk about because this is going to be our i'm going to say our real first trip doing this for big fish you know we've done it down here on the chesapeake and we've caught some stripes and things like that and it's it's okay but it's not to the level that you guys pull off up there yeah yeah you know down here it's like you know you get the oh you pay to come out oh look you caught a fish congratulations no. i i want to go catch my personal best
1: oh yeah we're gonna do it for sure it's we're going to the mecca of all meccas so
2: hell yeah cool. we can't wait man yeah we're super excited
1: so so steven why don't why don't you just you know just just serenade everybody with your um, beautiful uh, radio voice and let everybody know who the partners are that we work with.
2: Uh, I don't even have my list in front of me. Not my problem. <laughs> oh, you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. This is paybacks for last week. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm going completely off the top of the head. So I will miss a few, and Trev's going to have to fill in just I got warn you. you guys. I got you. But uh, first, I want to lead it off with my girl Jill over there at Wicked Twisted Bow Strings. If you guys did not see that last post of her first bow fishing rig that she set a string on, that thing was dope as shit. Glow in the dark, high vibrant colors. That thing was awesome. And check her out. She can make your stuff, custom colors, anything you want. I mean, that particular string really shows you her ability. And uh, she's also got multiple variants. So, she can do uh, CBY, not CBD. You BCY. Can, yeah. Yeah. BCY. <laughs> exactly. That's why I asked. And, uh, she's also got the bloodline series, so you don't have to wax them. They're self-contained. They maintain themselves and, uh, it'll be really cool to see what those things are going to do. Cause while we're up in CT, I'm going to stop by and uh, pick up the one she's building for me. And it's going to be badass. cause trust me, I need it. My string is shot. That being said, I'm going to jump over to Nor'easter Game Calls. We're going to check out Mark. You guys need to take a good look at some of his latest work on these Burlwood Grunt Calls. The new series he's got coming is insane. So Nor'easter Game Calls, check him out. Get your bloodlines as soon as they come on the market because they're going to go quick. Also, we got to hit up our boy Scott over at Broadside Camo. I've got my uh, Closer Series hoodie coming in, the saddle hoodie, as well as he's got the Ascender Series, and he's got the Ascender Bibs. He's got pretty much the ultimate photorealism hunting system for all of your different uh, aerial hunting situations, and I can't impress upon you enough after doing this video work, testing some of the different things people were wondering about this stuff is insane so if you're not going to go digital and you want to go photorealism, check out broadside camo broadsidecamo.com and for 45 per or 45 spent you get a free gift if you use the promo code outdoor drive all right who's next we are going to go with our boy drew over at wild edge inc big supporter main supporter and can't thank him enough anything you need in your mobile hunting game whether it's the steps the aiders the sweaters it's your uh trev back me up on this one your uh perch well you got the perch i'm thinking of your uh wow i just had a complete brain fart instead of using a uh not use a Kong duck. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. I was thinking gorilla, but I was like, gorilla is not the word. It is Kong. Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so get your Kongs, get anything you need for your mobile hunting setup. And you can check him out over at wildaging.com. Out on a limb manufacturing. That's out on a limb, MFG.com. For all of your climbing needs, your sticks, your different platforms and trev give me some backup here camera Camera arms thank you as you guys can tell i'm on a complete brain fart because for once i I don't have my list in front of me i love it you're you're killing me you're you're doing this on purpose i know (laughs) all right so you got out on a limb make sure you check him out also a big supporter of the show We've got Bow Fishing Magazine, your online bow fishing magazine. It's going to give you everything you need and all the information of what's going on, what's in the world of bow fishing. Check them out. Mob Squad Outdoors. Can't thank them enough. Great people. Check them out. And let's see. Next on the list is Trev, fill me in. What DM
1: I... Costomeros,
2: Gary Hall. The ginger. D&M See, I was waiting on a voicemail to lead that one off, but you failed oh, me again.
1: I know. He's been failing us on voicemails lately.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we need to jump on him and get that up. And I look forward to hopefully going over and door ditching him while we're up in CT. Oh,
1: well, we might have to. Yeah.
2: yeah I didn't just, even think of that. Yeah. Just just a straight up door ditch yep. and uh, kind of give him a good time there. But follow along with him. Talk about probably one of the most profound traditional arrow builders. You will ever come across as well as any custom arrow you want to get built he can pretty much do it and he's got a lot of big stuff coming down so stay tuned pay attention when this thing finally drops i know we've talked about this in the past and we've kind of preached it but there's something really big coming and when it happens we will be the first to tell you where to go check it out and uh, that's all i got to say about that
1: also rackrage.com
2: Rack rage thank you see if I didn't have the list I would be failing everybody right now no you're good and, and seeing and it's cause of rack rage that you've got me doing this That's it yeah so you killed me last week because I covered down for you so in true fashion for all your men's and women's apparel needs get your old lady that tank top. Get yourself that wife beater, that knife, nice T-shirt, everything ready to go to get you out in the woods. Represent rackrage.com. They got all the apparel you need. Check them out.
1: And I can't stress it enough, dude, nor'eastergamecalls.com. If you guys have not checked them out yet, go and check them out. Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth for your grunt tubes. Um, the season is around the corner. Um, there is going to be a limited run on the new Borough Woods. Woods. Um, and they're actually very cheap, considering. I did talk to Marky Mark last night, and uh, for what they are, it's it's very very cheap. Uh, it's actually a um, it's an endangered wood, I believe um, that he's using. So you actually can't. I believe you can't even buy it. So whatever's on the market is on the market. Uh, so they're not no longer killing them anymore. Those trees anymore. So. Um, it's going to be one of one of a kind. I think there's going to be about about a dozen of them. So if you guys want them, make sure you stay tuned to either the podcast or his Instagram or Facebook because they will sell out quickly. I put in my pre-order for mine. So and not even that with also with his burl wood um, is the ivory ones. So the ivory ones are also going to come out this season. Uh, he's going to have a limited run of them also. So stay tuned to that. So well done.
2: Thanks for the cover. No problem, buddy. But we, I just wanted Did to we forget you. anyone else? No. Nope. Just, just to make you? sure.
1: No. Nope.
2: All right. No, I think we're good. Yeah. Well, that's a matter of opinion, but if you say well, so. Well, go I'll and be. get your Zeus products. Oh, yes. Can't forget Zeus.
1: <laughs> That's why I always, I, I love Zeus.
2: <laughs> no, we, we are not officially partnered. We are not sponsored. We are not covered down by them. But I will tell you right now, we are firm believers, 100% in Zeus broadheads. Nick has created one of the most devastating things on the market. And I can't tell you enough. Go check them out. Hell yeah. Well, what do you think? I think I hear something I think you're right Why don't we uh, take a moment, take a breath And uh, let's turn this thing over to Mike Because it sounds like we got uh, news for your crews coming in the speakers
3: Mike here with some news for your crews. Let's jump right into this with another state coming on board with an online bowhunter education course. This time, it's Vermont. Um, The website is www.bowhunter-ed.com slash Vermont. Uh, There's an online portion and what's called a home study class. Uh, The home study class you can sign up for once you've completed the online portion. Uh, You can sign up through Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department's website site. Uh, the home study class is scheduled for four to six hours. It's going to include a classroom session, uh, outdoor shooting, blood trailing uh, demonstrations on tree stand safety and also survival skills Um, I don't know if I touched on this last week but Connecticut is similar Uh, you also are required through Connecticut's online bow hunter class to register uh, for a field day as well once you've completed the online portion one difference with Vermont some seeing so far is that there is no fee for doing the online course which is fantastic Um, so good news that more of these states are coming on board with these online classes making it more readily available because the in-person classes tend to fill up rather quickly now let's head down to Alabama where Alabama has now added language to the prohibited methods and devices for hunting regulations uh, to clarify that the use of turkey decoys for practice such as fanning and, uh, or reaping um, are and have been illegal uh, this is added language clarifying what was already illegal the language actually states um it shall be unlawful for any person while engaged in turkey hunting in the state to use or have in his possession a decoy which has mechanical or electronic parts which makes the decoy capable of movement or producing sound or which can be manipulated to produce movement or sounds mechanical parts include but are not limited to decoys attached to weapons or handheld and manipulated to produce movement such as fanning or reaping It is further provided however that no turkey decoy shall be lawful except during the spring turkey season in state So while already illegal, they have clarified some of the language there to um, not allow reaping or fanning, which is becoming a popular topic amongst a lot of states. So now let's turn to some sheep news. I know I'm not talking politics. Let's go to Idaho, where a record amount of money was raised for the bighorn sheep population. That's thanks to 1,500 hunters and over 19,000 entries for a -a once-in-a-lifetime bighorn sheep tag. It resulted in a gross amount of $212,000, according to Jim Warner, president of the Idaho Wild Sheep Foundation. This means that $185,000 will be returned to the state for projects aimed at monitoring disease and improving bighorn sheep habitat. Funds will help Idaho's dwindling bighorn sheep populations that have been impacted by disease and habitat loss. Great news for the sheep uh, and just a great example of what Hunter's funding uh, does for great conservation efforts. And now to Montana, where last week the Montana Fish and Wildlife Commission unanimously approved the recovery plan put together by Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, which would reintroduce bighorn sheep to the Little Belt Mountains. The population in the Little Belts was uh, decimated in the early 1900s, and a 1962 transplant of 18 sheep ultimately failed. Uh, This plan calls for establishment of about 125 bighorn sheep with a goal of forming some sort of connectivity between herds in the mountain range. Uh, the plan could return a historic herd to the mountain range as soon as this December, now that the decision has been made. Uh, and as always, uh, if you have any news, please send it to me. I've had a couple of things trickling in, which is great. Uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or on Instagram at bearded underscore bowhunter 21 and with that enjoy the rest of your ride
1: i know this has been a kind of a long intro but there's been a lot of things to be talked about
2: yeah well yeah it's been worthwhile like i said killing back talking about the tuna and getting some of all the other stuff you had going on and uh all the other craziness kind of got to touch base let everyone know what's going on so Hell yeah
1: Big things coming. Season's almost around the corner, guys. Get your cameras out. Get your reps in for bow season. Um, go through your gear. Make sure everything's all ready you, to go. you mean I have
2: to practice before I hunt? Yeah. Well, I think it's a good idea. Ugh. Most people don't or won't, but... You're killing just, me. I thought you could go out and take a shot or two and know your stuff's good to go and go out and hunt. I mean, that's what I do. Well, <laughs> that's you. <laughs> yes. No. 100% agree. Go get your reps in. Learn your shit. Make sure you know your equipment. Because uh, check
1: your tree stands. Check your tree stand harnesses. Check you know. Make sure that this stuff's working, man. Safety,
2: safety, safety. Hundred percent. Can't say it enough. That being said, though, what do you say we roll right into this thing?
1: Let's go see him.
2: All right. Let's bring up Chris Mann. Let's go.
1: Stack, stack, stack. All right, we're back on the phone with Chris from the West Coast. What's up, Chris? What's going on, guys?
2: How are you? We're
0: doing all right.
2: We're hanging in, that's to yeah. say the least.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You guys, you guys, uh you guys, bored yet? No. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> we, we stay plenty busy. All of this uh, chaos and whatnot has just given us a reason to have to spend more time outdoors. Perfect.
1: So, Chris, yeah. man, why don't we uh, put this Put this drive, turn this key, and get this drive underway. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and uh, and what you do?
0: Yeah, my name's uh, I'm Chris Mann. I'm from Washington State. I hunt, guide, outfit, film, pretty much anything outdoor related. Uh, mostly with uh, veterans, first responders, terminally ill kids, and stuff. So I do a lot of Taking them on trips around the country. Wow, that's awesome, man! Thank you, thank you for your service. By the way,
2: definitely another devil dog.
0: Yeah, yeah, long time, about about a hundred pounds ago.
2: <laughs> I feel you there, brother. I feel you there.
0: <laughs>
1: is it? Is Was the? Was it? Was it beer induced?
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think it was just refusal to ever do cardio again.
1: Is that
2: what it is?
0: One hundred percent. Like they're like, oh, hey, we need you to run. I'm like,
2: "Mm." I did enough of that. Yeah, I feel your pain. (laughs) Yeah. Once you are forced to do it for that long, you do not want to do it again for pleasure.
0: Exactly. Exactly. If I'm running, it means I'm chasing something or running for my life. That's it.
2: (laughs) Well said. Well said.
0: (laughs) Well, I know to hung with you because hopefully I can get away
1: a little faster than if you haven't done cardio. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so, so, so what exactly do you do? Like, are you, are you part of a group or something that does the, with the first responders and veterans and so on and so forth, or you just do it on
0: your own? Uh, A little bit of both. So it kind of, it started out, I was just doing it on my own. Um, And then through social media and stuff, I linked up with Ryan, um, Ryan Bodwin. And we kind of started talking and we kind of had the same goals that we wanted to do. And he was doing trips and I was doing trips. So we figured, you know, it's might as well just combine forces and, you know, helps get more people out and um and so then we we linked up with a guy named rob anthony and he has a nonprofit called high point adventures and rob's not a vet but he's just got that that heart of service to give back and so you know he was pretty much on board to just totally fund the adventures me and ryan wanted to go on and take guys on and he's you know he's just been a great backbone and a big support with You know ensuring that me and ryan can get these trips done
2: that's awesome you got to have that background or that backing that support (laughs) because as anyone that's out there hunting knows that doing it even for yourself isn't cheap so to do it for a group of two to four guys in an out-of-state scenario for either big game or duck or fishing or whatever you want to do it's not a cheap ordeal so that's awesome that he stepped up to the plate
0: yeah, I mean he's he's a great guy, and his his son is in the army now, and you know he's a he's a houndsman in Colorado, so I mean he runs he runs his hounds on uh, bears and cougars, and that's kind of how Ryan and him met. And now every year he does uh, a Purple Heart uh, mountain lion hunt. So we pick and we vet a Purple Heart recipient to go out to Colorado for a week, and Ryan, myself, or one of us is there to film it, and so it's it's a pretty good time. Awesome.
1: So, so you're the you're the guy behind the lens at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, me and Ryan, we were just
0: there to tell the stories. Nice. That's so awesome, man!
1: It's so it's so incredible that you would do something like that, you know. And and especially being both of you guys are veterans yourselves.
0: Yeah, both of us. Yeah, both of us were in the Marines, and so I mean, there's we have that in common, and you know, just our I love being behind the camera. I mean, I don't mind being in front of a camera, but. I would prefer to be behind it and just create the memory versus be the memory.
2: Agreed. I'm with you. But at the same time, what you guys are doing, you know, I've done some similar stuff out here on the East Coast. And uh, being able to take vets out and try to help them reconnect and kind of reground themselves in this world is almost unique.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I'm, you know, and that's, I've been a big, big advocate for like the, the idea of like the wilderness therapy and, you know, unplugging from the daily grind, lose, go lose service, disappear in the woods, get some fresh air. And I mean, there's, You know, it was, I mean, it was a big help for me. It was when I, you know, when I got out of the service, I was spiraling and, you know, my dad saw it and he was like, are you, are you hunting this year? I was like, no, no, no. And then eventually he's like, yes, you are. Let's go. And it was like the light switch clip and, you know, just new life. See, so that goes to prove that no matter how old you
2: are, that's parenting done right.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the great part. It's like my dad, you know, he's, you know, he taught me how to hunt and has been there. And I would come home on leave. And we still to this day travel. He he He's actually coming to film my elk hunt in Idaho this year. He didn't draw the tag, but I did. And so awesome. he's going to come in for seven days with me uh, back country and film and just be there. And then when I called him and said, hey, I'm putting him for a Wyoming antelope tag, you should do it he he put in and we ended up both getting drawn and so that'll be a really fun trip and you know I just was there last weekend visiting him and helping him set his trail cameras up for his elk hunt that he's got in Washington so heck yeah man
1: so did you grow up did you grow up in a hunting family like is that where it all
0: started for you Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, my grandfather worked uh he my <laughs> grandfather was a uh a bow maker for years for uh Howitt Archery in Washington here and they eventually got bought out by Martin. Um no, but they kidding. my grandfather designed uh, a recurve called the Super Diablo. And it's I guess in the trad world it's still kind of the cream of the crop for older bows. Um, but yes. Yeah, so they were all archery family, hunting family. My dad hunted forever, and, you know, it just kind of came second nature, I guess. Wow, that's incredible,
1: man. So so how old were you when you had started hunting with your family?
0: So I started going with my dad. I mean, I did hunter's ed when I was, like, you know, 10 years old. And then, you know, it was—I hunted— off and on with him a little bit of waterfowl a little bit of deer and then when i joined the military i kind of got away from it minus like two i was i was able to come home for like two hunting seasons like pretty much like a week at a time over the eight-year period so it was really it wasn't a ton when i was in the service but then as soon as i got out it's been you know the new addiction pretty much that's awesome, man. And and, and obviously that
1: that's kind of what what's helped you out kind of get through what you've gone through in, with the military
0: from what you're yeah, saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I got linked up with some a, a different nonprofit years ago, and it's their whole mission is just taking vets on hunting and fishing trips throughout the country. And so they do that. And uh, that was kind of like, you know, and then I started guiding for a few outfitters and realized, like, I want to do more and so that's just kind of where it came from that's that's so awesome because i mean as you guys
1: know i mean the veterans just aren't treated properly when they do come home you know i mean it's obviously getting a little bit better but like groups like that and nonprofits that really help them out i mean it's you guys know you know it's it's an incredible thing to see it
0: yeah, yeah it's absolutely it's, and it's fun to be involved in
2: Oh, completely. And, and it's fulfilling, especially when you're not the shooter, like you said, not the guy in the camera, making being the memory. Um, last year, when I think it was Hurricane Irene came up the East Coast, right at the tail end of it, uh, I was fortunate enough, I actually got to take a blind vet from Walter Reed up to the eastern shore of Maryland and uh, take him dove hunting. And believe it or not, blind vet knock down three doves in a hurricane it, it was
0: incredible yeah that's that's crazy i can see fully and can barely hit a dove you aren't lying <laughs> <laughs> i'm
2: trying to get trev down here to try to experience it he's never done it so
0: it's i mean little little flying jalapeno poppers <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is by far the best description i've ever heard <laughs> I
0: love Uh, it. We have to use that as the, as the graphic right there. That's it, Steve. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just a giant jalapeno popper flying. (laughs) The flying. That's all I'm going to think about forever while I'm hunting. I'm going to be like, oh, it's a big, giant flying jalapeno popper. (laughs) Seriously. You'll shoot one and go, well, there's not much meat, but I can make a jalapeno popper out of it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I love it.
0: So you have a couple of big,
1: big hunts planned this season.
0: Yeah, I've got, yeah, it's, it's about to be a busy year. I mean, like I said, we just got back from Texas Me and Ryan went down for eight days and I filmed his bison hunt. And then we, uh, we're lucky enough to get our hands on some Pulsar optics and we did some thermal hog hunting and ran down and did some hog dogging down in Southern Texas. And so those videos are slowly being released and stuff and uh next week the first episode of the hog hunting comes out with for the hog dogs and then so it was a nice little like tune up before yeah this season um pretty much september 1st starts it's on the road you know running running and gunning until mid-november and then i'll trade out the the bow and muzzle loader for a shotgun
2: for shooting waterfowl
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah yeah. And- Here Trev goes.
2: Yep.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> I just. It's, so so what? Why don't we go through some of the hunts that you get to do this season, and and kind of one of the th- some of the things that you're doing, and how you have your season planned
0: out. Okay, so. Um, so I've got elk and deer in Idaho. So the deer starts September 1st with archery. And so I'll probably do like two weeks of, you know, chasing whitetails around here. And then the 18th of September, um, I was lucky enough to get my hands on a, uh, it's a sawtooth wilderness elk tag. And it's, it's not a draw tag, but it's a first come first serve. And the tag sold out in about 51 seconds this year. Yeah, it's so. Me and my dad were both sitting right next to each other, and we both clicked "buy," and he didn't get it, but I did. And yeah. so we, yeah. So it's a it's a limited, not a limited entry, but a uh, they call it a capped quota unit. So they only allow X amount of hunters in there for the entire year, and so that's a really really huge one that is going. to, I mean, we've you know we I ended up contacting an outfitter and we're having them horseback us in and then drop us off in a, you know, so they've kind of done all the, the real leg work and they're going to put us up in a decent area where it should produce a nice bowl.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, so uh, we were talking earlier about uh, how much we don't like cardio. And then you turn around and tell me you've got an elk tag and the sawtooth. That's that's not easy terrain.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not. I've been uh now that now that the gyms are finally starting to open up around here, I've been hitting the uh, the stair stepper with my weighted pack all week and
2: there you go. just trying
0: to get my legs right.
2: So yeah, curious from where you're at on the uh, Oregon, correct? No, Washington. Um,
0: yeah, I am Yeah, I'm the, I'm pretty much like the corner of Oregon, Idaho, and Washington. I'm like right there. Oh,
2: okay, okay. I was going to ask about the, uh, the elevation change. So, uh, uh, from there to the sawtooth <laughs> is still quite a big difference.
0: Yeah, so I'm up on like an upper plateau, but for the most part it's going to be a couple thousand foot difference.
2: Nice. Yeah, and like we keep telling everyone that listens over here on the East Coast that, you know, until you get out there and experience what that elevation can do, it's hard to put into words what, I, I mean, it can kick your ass flat out. Elevation oh, will absolutely. kick your ass. Even
0: Definitely. if you're yeah, that, in shape. That, yeah, oh, yeah, that thin air and carrying extra weight and, you know, and then just that fresh air. It, it it's, <laughs> it's just hard to put into words it really is it, it really is it's i mean unless you experience it i mean i've been smoked on mountains before where you know where it's where it's just like hope oh, I, I can't breathe <laughs> so,
1: do you do any breathing like breathing training when it comes to that because i know like some people
2: they use You're like uh, of, like the elevation masks yeah, and all of that crazy stuff. shit
0: no, I'm far too unintelligent to know the science behind that.
2: Yeah. I, I'll tell just. You, a,
0: there's I'm nothing. Just let me go walk in the woods.
2: Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than going into the gym and watching these dopes put on an ele- elevation mask and get on a treadmill and bust their ass for half an hour and get off and then take their mask off. And think it's going to make an instant difference when they get there because half an hour is not going to do it. You need... 2 days hours
0: yeah you know, hours keep wearing it
2: it, it and it just kind of it's counterproductive in my opinion I've tried them and it doesn't work unless you are literally wearing it long enough to acclimate to that low amount of air yeah
0: so yeah. are you bringing so the bow with you on that hunt to Sawtooth? Yeah, so that's yeah, so that's an archery uh archery hunt. So I'll be back there for 8 days um, um my dad has a deer tag and I'll have a deer tag in my hand too. So he's going to bring his bow just in case. I mean, if, you know, if we see a nice buck, I, I have no problem taking a day off of elk hunting to go help him try to get a deer, uh, especially cause he's still paying for the outfitter to horseback us, you know, for him, he's paying right. his, his way in. And so, I mean, he's out far more money, you know, for not having a tag. Right. Uh, you know, and then I've tr- I'm trying to talk him into uh, bringing his rifle as well, because bear and wolf is open in there as well. So right, we're kind of playing, playing the weight game and making sure, you know, if we, if we can get the rifle in, we're gonna, if not, we're just going to take bows in. Gotcha. That's awesome. Have you done this hunt before here or no, no, I've never even stepped foot in the sawtooth. <laughs> You're going to have, have, you have taken yeah, I'm gonna get smoked. It's uh, it's about <laughs> six and a half hours south of me, and so I mean I hunted in Idaho and I've hunted some steep you know hills in the past few years, but we you know we, it was like we looked at it and we're like let's just do it, let's just try to get one of these tags. And originally there was four of us going in to try to get it, and I was the only one who got it, and so the other two backed out and said it's just not worth the money. And I agree, it's not to not have a tag. There's no point in going in there. Uh my dad's just you know, he he loves it. And so you know, and I told him I said, Do not feel obligated, I'll go in solo. It's it doesn't even bother me. But he's all about it, so it'll be fun. Nice. So it's now, yeah. Well one question yeah, exactly. so like when you go
2: back country, you're going, of course, you're gonna be out of service. You're gonna be in some pretty remote areas, really remote areas, and uh some of the other the, since you're doing a drop camp, we'll say, uh, are, do you guys do anything, uh, you know, like using a spot or a, a, a Garmin inReach or any kind of emergency signaling?
0: Yeah, so pretty much uh, what we've kind of established with, I've got the Garmin inReach with a few minutes on it, um, but uh, we've kind of made a deal. The outfitter is going to come in every third day and just check on us. And, okay. Um, That's pretty much going to be it. You know, if I was going in solo, I'd probably go in with a Garmin with a ton of minutes on it. And but, you know, it, it, we're just kind of just winging it, get dropped off, he'll leave and then we'll start hunting for the next handful of days.
2: Yeah, the big reason I ask is, of course, you know the sawtooths are renowned for their uh, uh, Sasquatch encounters.
0: Right, exactly. You know. Well, we and the nice part is, I'm going to have nice camera equipment, so there won't will not be any blurry photos if he shows up. No, no. See, and that's the thing. And I'm sold on this theory. It's not that the
2: the photos are blurry. Sasquatch is just blurry. That that's just that might, it. Yeah. he's blurry.
0: He's he's just pixelated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, i had to sorry <laughs> well can we go into
1: the garmin in reach for for just one second because it's something i just actually just learned about i didn't realize exactly what it was and how it actually worked and i think that it's something that maybe should be talked about for two seconds just so that people kind of understand what it is and how it
0: works um do you just kind of want to explain yeah. it? Yeah, so I mean, basically, so I, this is, I bought it for this hunt. So I've, I've actually, I'm brand new to it as well. But for the most part, it's a GPS satellite cell phone that I can text coordinates to people's actual cell phones. And then I've got, I think I have like 12 minutes on it. So, I mean, I don't have much. You can buy plans accordingly. So, I mean, guys that go, you know, Alaska, caribou, like the caribou guides, they have like probably like two hours. But I mean, it runs like, I think it's like 12 bucks a minute. so i mean it's not cheap to have the minutes right but i mean it's it's if you're back you know if you're back there it's it can be you know the difference between life and death and it's the ability to have some way of contacting
1: so we we actually use them offshore and i didn't even know this is how i learned about them. uh one of the captains that we fish with he actually has one um and he does i think it's like 25 a month and you get uh x amount of minutes and then he just he can text back home just checking in just saying you know i'm doing okay or whatever and it'll actually sell send the the latitude and longitude uh as to where yeah, you exactly. are exactly right so like you can you know like we had we got a uh when we had gotten our fish this this week um he had just texted home and just told his dad like all right, we got one, we're headed in, we're safe, and then just kept doing on what he was doing. But it, it's just an extra tool to have, especially for a lot of guys that go up into you know, into the wilderness to have something to be able to contact home that, you know, hey, I am okay, or, you know, if the wife is asking about you because you hear all these stories of guys that go into the woods and, you know, they'll, they'll call for a search party or whatever if something goes wrong, and they don't have to do that no more. Now you can just text home and just say, hey, I'm all right. Everything's okay.
2: See that, that yeah, makes me exactly. laugh, Trev, because when we were talking to Kurt, that's what he was using in Oregon for his bear hunt. Yeah, and that you just figured out that's what he was talking about.
1: No, 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 no. That's where I <laughs> no that's that's where I had learned it. that's where I had learned about it. And then one of the a couple two of the I'm captains
2: busting your balls. <laughs> no, I know. But then two of the captains that I was with, they actually they had it too. No, so, it's funny because I hadn't actually thought about that on the sea. I, I honestly didn't. So mm-hmm. it, it's a good learning point for both of us. That means you're going to have one up this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping. <laughs> We're not going offshore like that. But <laughs> no, but when Chris was talking about it, I'm like, you know, we haven't talked about it on the show. So, like, it was just, I thought it would just be a good, good moment to talk about it just so people kind of understood, especially if people, you know, it's something new
0: out there. Yeah. I mean, it's a great tool to have. I mean, by all means, it's, it's not cheap. But if you're, you know, I mean, is it, in my opinion is it worth your life you know i'd rather have one and not need it than need it and not have it
2: right exactly redundancies
0: so so
1: when you're when you're planning for these trips i mean talking about gear and stuff like is there certain things that you have to have with you or like how do you go about like picking up what you need to go on different hunts because you you do just like like you just did texas you're going to do an elk hunt you got just a lot of hunts planned um, so like what 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 do you go through to get ready for these hunts? Like what kind of gear do you bring? What kind of stuff? Yeah. So yeah. I've
0: got I have my basic stuff that is all like always laid out in Ziploc bags. So I've got like my first aid kits, uh, my skinning kits, my you know, my bags, they're all in uh I vacuum them so that way they take up even less room. Um and then from there, about five to seven days before the hunt, I lay everything out in my uh i converted like my second bedroom to a studio and editing room and gear closet and i'll just lay it out on the floor and you know do my don't need need it might need it piles and whatever fits goes kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then bringing camera gear on top of it must really mess you up Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing is I'm kind of glad that I, you know, my dad's coming in so I could pawn off some of the camera gear to him. But yeah, I mean, you know, luckily I've got the multiple heads for, uh, for my tripod. So, you know, it can take a camera, it can take a spotting scope. So, you know, that one item serves three purposes and it also, uh, my tripod, I can unscrew a leg and it converts to a monopod for when we're out hunting and stuff uh, extra batteries, a ton of SIM cards. So what I'll do is I I have like, I guess they kind of look like drug dealer baggies, like, you know, the thin Ziploc bags, like, yep, pretty much can hold a little bag of of weed. And, um, I'll label it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'll put a, a camera battery and a SIM card in it. And then it goes back in that bag and gets, and so that every single day is a new SIM card and a new battery. Wow, that's that's so smart. So then when you get home and it makes editing a lot easier. Exactly. Yeah, and especially with this. I mean, I'll probably be doing day-to-day, I'll probably do a day-to-day release on I mean, pending on if if I end up going in and tagging out on day 1, which, you know, I've told myself if it's, you know, 320 and up, I'll i'll try to fling an arrow but i'm going i'm gonna gradually loosen up my standards as the week goes on so i mean if i tag out day one it's just going to be one video and then a whole bunch of me sitting around a camp waiting for the guide to come back and pick me up
2: right (laughs) no that's awesome
0: well hopefully
1: your dad can be able to bring a rifle too and be able to take uh take something, something while you're there or there.
0: something yeah definitely and that's you know it'll be fun we're gonna you know with with the uh, with the horses we're we're gonna bring in like a mini block target and stuff like that we've kind of been sitting down and planning what you know what are the 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 needs and then what are the luxury items that we're gonna be able to take in oh shit that's awesome man see now
2: and looking back i i think that's actually a very key point i kind of want to point that out to a lot of the the diy or so filmers things like that is what you just talked about having a a card and a battery for each day charged ready to go and a clear sd card that that's almost vital and you don't think about it because there is nothing more annoying than be out filming and either your battery dies or you get that ominous no more memory on the card message
0: yeah it's the worst that's literally the worst feeling ever is sd card full or battery dies and that's of course when something good will happen exactly
2: yeah and anyone in the self-filming world or anyone in the production world has run into that and it's me personally it's the most annoying thing in the world because you kick yourself in the ass knowing i should have planned better and two when it happens like you said that's when the good stuff all happens when you don't have the camera
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, I've learned from that. And I'm, I'm still fairly new to filming and editing, like this has kind of been a, a new hobby in the past year and a half. Um, so I mean, it, it was a crash course real quick, like, getting out there and forgetting, you know, last year, I tried to self film my mule deer hunt, and I forgot the wrong lens. And I forgot my, uh, my external microphone. And so I mean, the footage right. was just rough. So, you're running a so DSLR? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, 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 I you know, I, I like the camcorder idea, but I just, I, I enjoy the ability to take really crisp pictures and then film at the same time. I'm with you.
2: I'm 100% with you. I've run one of each. Uh, big fan of the dslr footage over camcorder footage personally but the camcorder does come in handy for certain you know compositions and different types of filming you know like you want that really good zoom or
0: exactly that smooth zoom versus kind of the rigidity roll
2: yeah and that inner camera gimbal as opposed to actually trying to carry a gimbal through the woods that extra weight so yeah i'm with you there
1: yeah so so with 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 the what made you get into the whole self-filming recording obviously because you you record for the veterans also when you're on those hunts or the you know the people that you also take out but what what made you get
0: into it like why what was like I'm gonna do this a lot of it honestly it stemmed from so I it kind of came up one day I uh I was salmon fishing just in a local creek um outside my hometown and this guy was just standing there and he hooked up a really nice king from shore and i just flipped my cell phone out and started recording it and i recorded the whole thing on just a cell phone and i was like you know what i'm gonna make you a video and so i went home and i edited and played with it and was like man this is a lot of fun and then uh, one of the guides and the or the outfitters that uh, I'm very good friends with, Orrin Jensen, he owns uh, Tanglewood Guides up here in Washington. Uh, he films a lot, and you know he talked me into you know get get some film equipment, and then I would start uh, filming clients and stuff like that, and then editing and learning, and it just, it just became a lot of fun because it was even though I'm not hunting, you know I have to live in this four-inch screen and make sure it's perfect so it you know you can't just slack off and sit in a blind right
2: the the shooter gets to shoot it one time you have to shoot it the entire time
0: exactly and so it, it just became a lot of fun and then you know from there it was it just kind of kept growing and i kept just filming and learning and enjoying it and it it's i, I enjoy sitting at home like i'll get home and like sit there for like four and a half hours and just edit And then delete it because I don't like it, but it was like, oh, that was still fun. You know, it's 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 almost like therapeutic.
2: No, I know exactly what you mean. We did. uh, Trev came down for a turkey hunt here in uh, April, and we'd get done. We'd come in. They'd be changing and getting set up. You know, because you can only hunt till noon here. And first thing I did is I was dropping SD cards, uploading everything, and dropping everything into Adobe and playing with it, teasing it. And, uh, they just, they'd walk in they're like, "Yo, oh, you're on it. And I'm like, no, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm literally doing it cause it's fun.
0: Yeah. And that's, and then that was the fun part with like with Ryan, cause Ryan, Ryan's filmed for a long time. So I still, I'll reach out to him and say, you know, what do you think of this? Give me your feedback on that. And he does. And, you know, he'll give me honest feedback, you know, and it, it helps me get better, but it's, it's funny is like, as soon as the hunt's over me and him are, I mean, geeking out, we've got everything plugged into our laptops we're swapping cards with each other and oh yeah there there's nothing more exciting to a
2: filmmaker than knowing you may have an incredible shot on the sd card you just can't wait to see how it came out
0: exactly and that's i mean with with the videos that we got in texas it's going to be incredible because we took the uh we took the pulsars and filmed uh hog dogging with the pulsars wow that's and be bad it's, <laughs> it's yeah it's gonna be incredible so it's actually ryan's cutting the first i cut the first video for uh thermal hunting with the rifles and so that one dropped on this past thursday right um on a, on my youtube and this coming wednesday i believe ryan's gonna drop the first uh first half of the hog-dogging and then the following week after that I'll drop my edit so we totally we run the same exact footage but then you see two different editing styles and so you get kind of two different views of what happened in this hunt and it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy
2: yeah That that's really gonna be cool i look forward to seeing it because like you said you you kind of geek out and you go okay i like this style or i like this style or put that cut here or, you know do an l cut here or a j cut there and then the next guy does it completely different you're like i kind of like that better you know and it, it really gives you that creation thought process for your next video it's like okay i'm gonna steal that and do that
0: yeah, so. exactly. And that's, you know, and that's the fun part. About like Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's style, he's the storyteller. You know, he's going to, he's the talk about it, use, you know, elegant words, introductions, boom, 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 action, talk about the action. Whereas I'm more the, we'll call it like the documentary vlog show, the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, I've got videos where I'm laying on the ground panting for air filming myself because you know that's, <laughs> that's the stuff that yeah exactly so you know it's it's fun and then but i do i pull i pull things that ryan's done and i'll use some of it like uh the introduction introductory stuff to the videos and stuff i like that you know he had that you know a green screen and his logo so i've started kind of adapting that into you know my introductions to the videos as well
2: gotcha yeah i'm gonna have to definitely sit down and put them side by side i want to see the the different perspectives and i'm not gonna lie i'm probably gonna steal stuff off of you guys
0: by all means man i mean you'll probably be stealing more off of him but
2: that's <laughs> no i say i i'm gonna 100 percent disagree with that statement strictly for the fact that i don't think i've ever come across a creative thought process that doesn't have something unique that no one else does
0: yeah, that's that's true because I mean I'm you know I sit there and I'll just turn YouTube on and randomly like you know search something search you know a bear hunt and see what what how guys are shooting it what are they doing you know what's what's getting received well what's not and you know and I've it's been gradually you know still I'm still learning by all means I'm still learning I think I've done 30 films maybe on YouTube right some better than others which is still pretty good most people give up by then.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's, a, that's a lot in a year and a half.
2: Yeah, that that's pretty
0: yeah, damn good. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it is. It's just YouTube's a, YouTube's a hard cookie to crack because you know, a lot of guys will, you know, you can post something on our Instagram and it, it gets really well received. And then you look over and you're like, okay, are they going to – nope, they actually didn't go check it out on YouTube at all kind nope. of thing. So it's, it's really the, – playing the social media games really – Taxing on your emotions because you, I mean, you put it out and it's you know, you're getting you know, a thousand views on Instagram, and you're like, Great, that means my YouTube's gotta be oh, I have 52 views on this YouTube video, okay, mm-hmm. great, yep, you know, or or people don't want to subscribe because they haven't don't know their login kind of thing so it's it's just it's a very interesting game to play
2: yeah and that's definitely so we've been kind of diving into the youtube end of things recently and uh trying to pick some of that up as well and one thing that i've actually found very useful is i'll look at hunting videos and go okay this is kind of the standard this is the norm the uh the the highly viewed stuff does it this way the less viewed stuff does it this way And then I'll look at a complete opposite end of the spectrum. You know, I'll look at like Peter McKinnon or something like that and look at what, you know, street photographers, street videographers, uh, people like that are doing that's well received and try to find that junction and go, how can I bring what they're doing over to the hunting industry?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's. I mean, my biggest thing is I've been my kind of goal this year was to add a little bit more cinematic feel. So, like in Texas, I took the I took a drone down and just adding, you know, a few drone yep. aerial footages and, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, I've taken it from you know Jason Metzinger is. I mean, I love his video style. He, you know, he he tells a story. He gets the action shots, but then he also has this amazing, beautiful, captivating b-roll that you're just like wow that's really nice
2: yep and that's one thing that it was hard for me to grasp and trev can attest to this because it drives him up the wall when we do do videos is uh, when you realize you almost need as much b-roll as you do your base film and i'll be like no dude i need you to walk this way i need you to get this angle to get this view. no let's reshoot it this way and they're like what the hell are you doing and then when you put it all together it really finally tells that story and then it clicks
0: yeah oh definitely and that's you know and it's, it's funny because me and Ryan are the same way and we kind of we operate on the same functions like that same exact thing if he's like do it again or I'll be like say that again you know kind of thing like same thing because I mean very rarely you get everything you want on a first take oh very yeah
2: rarely. it's rare
0: with no, the exception of the kill shot important. you you better get that on the first take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't make that up yeah, yeah you, you can't, can't. can't fake that one. i've i've tried it's oh. <laughs> it doesn't always look great it always sells as okay they recreated that <laughs> yeah that's i mean i've got one video where i had a client i mean he smoked this mule deer but the mule deer went behind so we, from the angle that the camera was at versus the angle the shooter was at and it was only we were four feet apart and there was a tree and so that you hear the flop the buck jump but you cannot see the and so it's like okay so now i gotta go and recut this footage and make it and then fade to black with the sound of the schwat and it's like you know you know that i missed the kill shot on the camera
2: right. yeah but seeing that's, that's- hard break that's one thing with me is at the end of the day if you've got the shot i'm still a firm believer of take the shot and we'll work through it, it yeah, it's almost, almost annoying absolutely. And that's, watching people pass on what i would consider a trophy or even a great animal in general and they'll go well we didn't have it in in view and i'm going who cares
0: yeah that's i'm the same way i mean my whole thing is i'm a you know i'm a guide first and a film guy second yeah so if i can get it and it, you know and i'll do my you know my due diligence to get the camera rolling on it everything but if you've got the shot take it you know and you don't know if you're gonna get another chance at another buck i've i've had clients even you know them brush off oh no it's i'm, I'm waiting for bigger uh, okay so i'll sit there and film this deer for an hour while it's moseying around us, and then they don't see another deer the rest of this trip, and it's like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you had your chance.
2: Yep, exactly. So and, you know, and, yeah, and
0: especially I'm the with the veterans. I mean,
1: oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, with like, with like the veterans and and the and and the kids and so on and so forth. Like, there is no other option to, you know, you have to get that on film right off the bat, like because they might not have a hunt like that ever again
0: yeah exactly and that's that's the biggest thing is what i've noticed is like paying clients they you know they're a lot more picky but when we do like a vet hunt or you know a terminally ill kid you know they're just so excited and that's you know half of it is all as soon as the shot's done i'm Boom, right on their face because, you know, that raw joy and emotion is, you know, and that's, I try to put that, if I get that shot, I put it in every single video is the smiles, the, you know, the, the heavy breathing, the adrenaline rush, you you can't fake it.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: The
1: organic of it is just incredible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a lot of people. So I, I filmed solo filmed, uh, my bear hunt this spring uh with a bow so I took a bear with a bow and was self-filming from a tree stand so I bought this little clip that (sighs) mounted you know it was just I mean it's it's rough but it it ended up working but as soon as I shot that bear I mean you can hear my exhale just a hard and then I grabbed the camera and just started you know just let me talk through this emotion and it's you can't fake it I couldn't I couldn't fake it if I tried
1: you get me all pumped up, man, for season. Like I need to kill something, like now. <laughs> oh, That's nuts. It's, it's, what, what, I yeah. would have to I mean, ask. It's, like,
0: it's you know, it's it, I, I. I've been lucky with this spring, and what were you saying? Oh no 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. With this spring. Oh. I was just, I've been, I got really lucky this spring. I mean, I had my bear, I had a bear, uh, bait barrel in Idaho and the COVID shut us down for the first half of the season. So non-residents weren't allowed to go into Idaho and hunt if I, if you didn't have your tag already, well, I kind of slept on my tag, didn't buy it and then missed the opportunity. And so I had to wait an extra month before they're like, okay, non-residents can hunt now you know but i kept i kept my bait barrel hot so i would still go up and i would bait it and and all that and so it was like i think i did three sits before i had i mean it wasn't you know it was my first bear so i was ecstatic about that it wasn't necessarily a giant bear but it was all the hard work kind of came into that full circle and so it was it was a fun spring that's awesome so
1: going back with like Oh yeah, no. With like the organ- organic like emotion and stuff. Um, what what was like one of the craziest hunts that you've been on with with somebody where they've just like it was just just really touched home.
0: Yeah. So well, I, that that same one where I actually missed. I you know I didn't get the kill shot. Um, mm-hmm. I was, it was a late season archery and I was up filming and guiding for Oren and, uh, the client's name is Eric and he was, he was in the army too at one point. So, or not also, but he was in the army. And so it was cool to sit with him. For- about four days in a blind I mean a foot and a half snow just kind of waiting for these migratory mule deer to come through and he'd seen one trail cam picture that orange showed him and it was this crazy giant big-bodied mule deer with a really freaky rack it almost looked like a triton nice. like it had he was a fork he, he was just a big giant fork but in the middle of the fork there was that third spike so I mean it looked like Poseidon's triton And he kept saying, he's like, that's the buck I want. And I mean, we sat there the first day, had this beautiful symmetrical three by three. He was at full draw for probably 45 seconds and he opted to, he said, no, I I really want this buck. And so, you know, the next day we sat and nothing came in. I, you know, I called or and I said, hey, you guys are seeing that buck over here. Let's switch up blinds. He he wants to take this buck. Your clients passed on him two days in a row. My guy will shoot him the first minute we see him. And it was, I mean, we got in that blind at, you know, probably 530 in the morning. It was still dark. And the minute you could barely see sunrise, like barely see that buck was walking in front of us. And, and you know, he's, smoked him and his raw emotion i mean you could see like his eyes are almost like it's like he's trying to hold tears but not i mean he's just breathing hard and you know i filmed the shot got the shot got the the deer falling and then zoomed on him and you can just see i mean he's just panting with just adrenaline it was so it was super cool to see awesome
2: yeah yeah you can't replicate that you really can't and especially especially someone in his situation where this is you know never thought you would be in that situation and there it is i mean that is yeah and that's yeah exactly that was the buck he
0: wanted yeah that was the buck he wanted i mean he you know he booked it out and it was i think he had we had like another day but that was you know it was a real quick morning after especially after not seeing a deer for the entire second day just sitting there you know in a blind in a you know negative five degree weather just sitting there it was it was taxing emotionally and then for him to get the opportunity in that blind that was kind of more frequent in with that big buck it was it paid off.
1: That's incredible, though, that, that you do something like that. Like, I can't I say it all the time, man, like when we had Ryan on and so on and so forth, like that that you you get to experience something like that with somebody. And it means like we, we I guess we we kind of take a lot of that stuff for granted.
0: Yeah, definitely. No. And that's, you know, it it was it was hard at first, because I'm, I'm, I'm more a spot and stock guy. I detest sitting in a blind sitting in a tree stand, I cannot do it. Uh, I get really bored real quick. Um, But you know, this was, you know, when, when Oren call, if he, you know, if he has more clients than guides, he, you know, he knows he can drop a call and I'll be there, you know, so that was, it was the hunt started, uh, the morning after Thanksgiving that year. So, I mean, I came into town, had Thanksgiving with my family. And we ate, and I got on the road and headed north. Uh, it's about a three-hour drive, and I drove, showed up at the ranch house. The hunters were already there, and showed up. You know, introduced myself. We all, you know, started having beers, and then the next morning it was off to hunt. That's awesome. So you get to, you get deer camp all the time. Yeah for the most part, um, (laughs) up there at least, I mean, you know, with, you know, with, with my own hunting, I try to get it done as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need the experience. I just want to go out get a deer so I can get back to either taking clients, filming clients, filming vets, stuff like that. So like this past year I shot my muzzleloader. I shot, uh, my mule deer 46 minutes after opening light and was done. And Back, back to, back to worrying about clients and trying to make them, you know, get everything. It, see, that's kind of funny. Is
1: like when we had talked with Ryan uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was doing the same. That's why he ended up going to Texas to get the the buffalo. Was because he, he gets so indulged with taking out clients and, and and veterans and and terminally ill that he doesn't get a lot to put meat in the freezer.
0: Yeah. His, and that's, you know, we've, we both accept that your trigger time is going to get cut. You know, it's just kind of the name of the game. Um, you know, and it was fun to get down there and for him to be the shooter and him to, you know, he's he still worried about the camera angles and stuff, but he, he kind of knew that I, for the most part could handle it. Right. So he could focus more on just his own hunt and everything like that. So it was, it was fun for him to get kind of the the treatment for once because he's I mean, he's put on a lot of hunts. I've you know, I've I've been on some that he's put together and not even been able to attend. Wow. Is it? So So, how did it go down in Texas? It was. Oh, man, it was fun. I mean, the first day, you know, and I, I kind of documented the first day I put out a video just because, like I said, I'm going to show you the good, the bad and the ugly. And it was literally showing up from the airport, driving and eating barbecue. That was day one. And I mean, we, we flew into San Antonio. So the original plan was we were going to hunt down near San Antonio, and uh, Blake Marshall, the outfitter that we were going through, and we, you know, Ryan and him have been friends for years. And uh, you know, I'm new to meeting him, but we've stayed in touch since. So he owns King of Eights Outfitters. Um, he locked on a contract with a really big ranch up near Dallas, and so he's the first outfitter they've ever they've ever allowed to do hunts on their property and so we were kind of the ma- his maiden voyage and you know we went up and we filmed a bunch of stuff for the ranch just as advertising and stuff but so we had to all our flights were into san antonio so blake had to pick us up and then we drove six and a half hours north that was day one was just getting up there wow that's yeah. crazy and then so did yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was, you know, it, it's part of the adventure. Um, but yeah, and then day two, we woke Ryan up with a nice wake up call. We, I think we went to bed at like two and me and Blake were up at five drinking coffee and we woke Ryan up about five forty five, and we're like, all right, let's go. And it was just from pretty much five. I think the bison was down at probably 10 that day. And it was, it was, and then it, probably another four hours of us just skinning, caping, butchering, deboning and getting everything ready. And then, you know, filming all that. And I mean, just three, you know, three guys dismantling a 2000 pound animal. It was, it was a lot of work, um, that day. And then we, day three, we took, they took the, uh, they took the meat to Dallas, which is about a 45 minute drive to, uh, to a packaging plant so they could butcher it for Ryan. And I sat around the ranch and you know, flew drone, flew aerial stuff and just did a lot of B roll. And then that night, I mean, without any sleep, I think on in five days at that ranch or four days, I think we slept nine hours total. Cause it was as soon as it got dark, we put the pulsars on the rifles and we were out hog hunting. And then we would hunt until sun up and then maybe take a nap for a little bit and then go back out and try to, you know, hunt some other things. So it was it was it was a grind. And then when we finished with that ranch, me and Ryan got a rental car and we headed down to a town called Dilly, Texas, which is about 30 minutes outside of Laredo, right at the Mexican border there. And that's where we met up with some other guys and we started running dogs for the next two days. So it was just, it was a crazy adventure. So you have started the season off right then it sounds like. Yeah, I exhausted myself. So <laughs> now I know I can, I, can, I can work on no sleep. Yep, exactly. And, and, and you know that it's just, it's just the beginning of what's to come for you. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be, you know, between, you know, my dad's got an elk tag in Washington, like a, he's got a cow, he drew a cow hunt. So it's a really good, it's a really good meat hunt in the unit that's right outside the town he lives in. So, you know, I, I took a vet who drew that tag last year and I mean, we got him his cow, the, on the first day so I mean it's not a it's not a difficult hunt but it's a nice meat hunt so we're just you know just try to the balancing act begins you know with making sure I have enough time to actually do school semi you know okay and then uh, getting all these hunts done and travel and filming and then getting ready for as soon as all the big game stuff's done we go into our veteran duck hunts for the next three months that's
1: badass. So so where where are you doing some of your veteran duck hunts?
0: So we're doing the, the coast of Maine. We're taking, I think it's three vets, three or four vets to the coast of Maine, and then me and Ryan are going to film. Um, and that's in November. And then in December, he's flying out to Washington and we're taking two vets sea duck hunting off the Washington coast. And then two weeks after that, me and Ryan and four guys are flying to New York. Uh, on Lake Ontario and we're doing it's it's yeah divers but on the huge I've never even probably seen a lake that big so yeah lake it'll be an interesting experience the, it's like being on the ocean that's what I've heard. I've heard it has its own like tide and stuff.
1: Oh, it's insane, dude! And 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 like you get the wind. The wind is so bad, like that sometimes you get four, five, six foot waves out there. Um, yeah, you, you it's same of salmon be crazy. up there, and there's days that you can't even go out. Like I fish for a living, and I've been up there where the 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 lake is worse than the ocean that I work on. It's That's it's crazy. insane. And but the divers, man, just wait. You're have you done it before? Like on the big lakes like that or no? No,
0: no, nothing on big lakes. I've done like I said, I've done the Puget Sound and my little ponds and the rivers that I live off of and stuff. That's oh. pretty much my experience.
1: Are you guys gonna do like layout boats or are you doing blinds? Do
0: you know? I th- think in New York we're doing uh, layout blind or layout boats and a tender boat. Oh yeah. And then in on Maine, it's kind of weather pending, but we're gonna try to do both. We're gonna hunt from blinds and uh and layouts and uh yeah, and the layouts.
1: Have you done and layouts then, before? It, like, do you do that? Is that a West no. Coast thing too, or no?
0: Uh, Some uh, I you know I know guys that use them. Uh, I've never actually done it. I'm I'm a rather large human, so. I don't even look good on a kayak or a paddleboard. So I have no desire <laughs> to lay in a little pod in the middle of the water. But what we do with on the, on the Washington coast, we'll, we'll anchor the decoys, long line them, and then just set anchor, you know, 20 yards off of them. And they've got little like pop up gray pop up blinds and stuff. And we'll just mm-hmm. hunt them right out, shoot them right out of the boat.
1: Yeah. See, so we, we do that. Also we hunt out of the boat with, with uh, long lines or even we, uh, we do mats a lot. Um, right out of the boat but when you we also lay out boat also but when you're in the layout boat it's a totally different ball game it, actually you would probably know like you've goose hunted in cornfields right in inside the decoy yeah yeah so, that, yeah so it's one in the same but you're just in the middle of the water so but th- now instead of having a lethargic big stupid dumb goose just come like rig set set right into you you have this tiny little diver duck at like 35 miles an hour just bombing you and they just want to be in your lap so like it's the adrenaline and it's a little bit more intense than than just the big lethargic goose coming in on you so it's fun dude it really really honestly it sounds like a good time I mean, and, and I'll, I'll inevitably try it. Don't be afraid, because I'm a bigger human being, also. And being <laughs> in um, the layout for the first time is one of the, it, you're a little nervous, but I can stand up in them. I stand up in them, you know, piss off the side. It doesn't matter. They don't. They don't move. They don't tip. They don't. You don't have to worry about it. It's it's oh, okay, literally so they're, they're pretty they're pretty solid. Oh, bro! It's like standing on it's like standing on solid ground. Like it, it, you don't have to worry about anything. Especially depending what kind they're like I say, a core sound or or some of the UFO ones, the big ones, they don't even move. Like literally, don't oh, even move. Like you can do anything in them.
0: That's a bit relieving because, like, I mean, like I said, I, I I sit in a kayak and I fall in. Um, <laughs> I, I try to stand up on a 15 foot paddle board and I'm in the water. It's like me and me and balance not 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 the uh not friends yeah <laughs> the I'm, I'm the same way man gravity is not on my side
1: but no. you'll be you'll be all right in the layout boats man i hunt out of them all the time in cold conditions big waves and it's 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 a little nerve-wracking at first but once you get used to it it's not that bad at all um it's, Perfect. it's definitely a good time you'll 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 truly enjoy it man especially hunting new york where the divers are plentiful in the great lakes and you shoot i imagine you probably hunt for what blue bills and redheads
0: for yeah, the most, most likely I, yeah. I, honestly I have, I have no idea i have i'm going into all these hunts with you know me and ryan kind of we both talked about it that we're gonna film until those guys are limited and then we'll get in yeah. you know if there's time so we're going solely to film you know we're bringing shotguns but if we don't if we don't pull the trigger once it is what it is that's you know what what we signed up
1: for right exactly yeah that's awesome and you'll definitely enjoy it the east coast definitely has a lot to offer when it comes to divers and sea ducks and stuff i it's nothing like washington you don't you know you have way better trophy birds there but um it's definitely a good time i mean you're gonna do eiders here in maine obviously
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the big one. And we it's it's kinda cool. We uh we got reached out to by a guy who makes he takes old uh crab pot decoys or buoys oh, yeah. and turns them into decoys. Yep. And nope, so I mean, I, he uh I, Yeah, it's I I it's D, D D Duvall or something is his Instagram, but he uh so he's reached out and he's made a set for each one of the vets, so of the, the eiders. And so, so that'll awful. be Oh, that's badass! I'm jealous. Yeah, so actually. they're gonna, yeah, so they're gonna hopefully take home those birds, but they're also gonna be able to take home these, you know, decoys, you know, kind of a memory of their time that's awesome dude so he they not only
1: do are they able to shoot um an eider but they're also going to go home with these badass decoys it's cool that he does those the 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 lobster buoys it's so badass The
0: lobster buoys that's what it is yeah and they're really cool i mean and you know he hand paints them and you know like some guys would be like that doesn't look like a decoy well trust me the the birds don't care no they see a shape well, it's like the long tails. I talk about that all the time and how
1: dumb those birds actually are. Like they they'll are come ridiculous. into anything. We used to use milk jugs or two <laughs> bottles. Like you paint yeah, them white. They just want the color. They exactly. They want the color. Yeah. Just a couple of bodies. But it's cool that he does that and he recycles them and, and reuses them to – and they actually look really cool. Like I had, I had contact them. Um, I wanted to buy a couple of them. Um, just to just to put them in uh, in my man cave
0: because they're just that badass. Yeah, I like them. I'm pretty excited, and so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, like I said, it's it you know it doesn't cost the vets any money to take it back. Obviously, it's kind of a, just a memory. Yeah, for sure. And that's
1: is was that Longline Decoys is the name of the company? Dana Laval. Dana Laval. That's it. Yeah, D.D. Deval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deval. Yeah, he's it's Longline. Toys on uh, on Instagram there,
0: yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's him. He's so he's made them, and I mean he he reached out and was like, I'm you know super excited to be involved with you guys with this. So and we're just really appreciative that you know he thought of us and took the time to make these you know for the vets. Yeah, it's so badass, dude. I'm
1: I'm kind (laughs) of jealous because they're cool. But it's cool that the that the the, is it. There's obviously a bunch of people that reach out and want to be part and help you guys out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll get we 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 reach out and then we also get reached out. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and then utilizing some of some of the other partner companies um, that we both work with or have connections with. Um, So I've got a pack company that we're working to kind of prototype a blind bag that I can get take you know for a couple of these vet hunts to give to the vets and stuff and you know just simple small ways that they can give back they're usually most of these companies are on board for it that's awesome
1: It's, it's so good to hear that especially in the outdoor industry that you know that there is people like you and ryan and companies out there that stand for that shit because like i said there's there's not many you know and I, we've started yeah. to do it in the fishing industry. Um, there's a couple of charter boats here, uh, where I live here in Connecticut, that are working with veterans um, and and taking them out fishing.
0: Um, awesome, doing that. So it's 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 cool. It's it's good to know that there's there's more people out there like find it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the whole thing is like, you know, I've I've taken guys. You know, hey, I've got this fishing charter. We're going out this year. And then I, you know, I reach out to them the next year, and they're like, oh yeah, I just booked with him, you know, like an actual, like as a paying client this time. So, I mean, it's coming, you know, full circle for these guides that, you know, give up their time and, you know, it. then they have a customer for life if they have, you know, a good experience. For sure. Absolutely. All right, man. I got
1: one question for you, Chris, and that, that is what ahead. drives you outdoors? What
0: drives my outdoors? No, what drives you outdoors? Oh, what drives me outdoors? Yeah. Would... Honestly, just being able to turn my phone off, just disconnect from society and enjoy that me time that, you know, that and my Dodge Ram. That's really what drives me. there. <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, just if I can, you know, any way I can really just give back to somebody who might not have that opportunity. You know, if, if somebody called me and said, hey, uh, I want to go with you. I'm like, pack your bags, let's go, you know, kind of thing. If, if you're willing to make the time, I am I will more than happily make the time to take somebody out on a hunt.
1: I love it, man. I love it. So why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find you on your social media, your Instagram, um, uh, YouTube, so on and so forth. So everyone can kind of check you out.
0: Yeah, it's uh, pretty much all the major social medias, Facebook and Instagram is at High Range Hunting and youtube is the same youtube just search high range hunting and it'll pop up oh, yeah, man. <laughs> is there anything that you want to leave the people with no i mean honestly just if you know if you like i'm i'm an open books so i mean if there's if i can help connect you with something or some sort of information you need by all means i mean one thing you know i try to try to do is i i answer every comment and every, you know, private message or anything. Like if you reach out, if you take the time to reach out to me, I'm going to make the time to reach, you know, to respond you know if if you need anything if you know i can i have a plethora of uh nonprofits pretty much around the country that i can you know at least link you up with if you're having any issues and if you're interested in you know trying to get in on some of these hunts you know me and ryan we post them on our instagram whenever we have them up we put it out there with you know the requirements and then we go from there so i mean there's constant stuff getting posted up this you know so you know get a hold of us you know let's try to see if we can't link up on something hell yeah man i love it man and thank you for doing what you're doing i appreciate you guys thanks for having me on
2: definitely well chris again thanks for giving us your time it's been a fun ride uh we've kind of gone down quite a few different rabbit holes and uh i really think a lot of people are going to take a lot away from this um any vets out there especially look him look ryan up Get in their ears, get some information. This is a great opportunity for you guys to go out and experience the outdoors. And uh, that's what they thrive on, and they're willing to do it. So don't cut yourself short. Get out there and give it a try. And for everybody else out listening, we really want to thank you guys and let you know how much we appreciate you. And thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.